Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? As you can see again. I don't know, maybe this is like the third week in a row. I don't think we did. We had this situation last week, but I'm alone. My name is Morgan Colby. No Rick Lemon today. Rick's not here. Uh, it is finals week, I guess, for him. Uh, the kid is still in college. So, uh, you know, he's, he's grinding with that. And he's got to get, you know, some tests done. So I'm alone today. Alone to bring you uh, the final week 15 playoff week one matchup. Uh, advice starts and sits. For your champion, or not championship. Well, yeah, yeah, your championship run. Uh, AK, I can't believe the the fantasy football season is is nearly over. With just three weeks remaining, um, you know, and your all the work that you put in, you know, since June, July, August, all the research, all of the trades, all of the waiver wire additions, all of the things that you've done to get yourself to this point to try to win whether it be in your home league, your work league, in your money leagues, in your professional leagues, whatever it may be, all this work that you've put in up until this point now comes down to this, where we have a playoff matchup uh, that you've earned yourself a spot in. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume I assume that you are preparing yourself for a, for a playoff matchup, unless you just desperately love fantasy football and you're out of the playoffs in all your leagues and you just want to see starts and sits for the week. If that's the case, welcome in. Um, but no, so for week 15, starts and sits, like this is the biggest game of your season. Your season is on the line. You're fighting for your life here, and, uh, and you got to get a win. Um, so I'm going to try to give you some week 15 start-sit advice uh, that may help you in the long run, um, win your win win your not just week, but maybe your league moving forward. Maybe this will help you win your week, so you can win your league. Um, but so I'm going to give you some starts and sits, my favorite of the week, uh, and and then we'll we'll close out the week's content, and and you can go enjoy your Saturday and Sunday uh, football games and your Monday night football game, by the way. Um, but before we jump into that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications. Like and comment down below any questions you may have. Hopefully you enjoyed. I'm recording this post Thursday Night Football, by the way. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed last night's football game where San Francisco um, beat Seattle. Seattle's kind of on a slide, huh? They're on a collapse. They're, they're collapsing over there. I think this, the Seahawks lost three straight um, after starting the season on a rampant torrid pace. Uh, I think, what were they, seven and four? Something like that. Um, the last couple weeks, they've lost against the 49ers, the Panthers. Uh, they beat the Rams. Good for them, I guess. Uh, but they're, they're, they're starting to lose some games here. Uh, and, uh, maybe they're not as, maybe they're not as good as people thought they were, although they won, they lost 21, 13 last night. So, um, you know, closer game than you would think, but either way, 
Um, hopefully you enjoyed the Thursday night football game, got what you wanted, George Kittle coming out and smashing you with 25 points. I feel like this is going to be one of those situations where he has one good playoff game and everyone talks about how he advanced you into the second round and then uh, doesn't do anything the rest of the way. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, good Matt, good performance by George Kittle. Uh, if you, I was telling people to start Kenneth Walker last night. Uh, it was a little bit risky because he hasn't played, but he got around 12 fantasy points, so that should get the job done, especially... Um, you know, if he's starting in your flexes. So I like that for Kenneth Walker, um, you know, and then obviously uh, DK Metcalf, I think he busted. I want to check because I, I don't think he had a great game last night. If I had to, he might've had a good game. I don't know if it was, it was like 10 points. Um, he got 12 points. So yeah, he had a, he had a decent performance last night. So whoever you had in your fantasy matchups, hopefully it worked out for you. Um, I don't know if you started Brock Purdy or not. Um, I, I was, wasn't really on the train of starting Purdy at least this week because Thursday night football usually is as extremely difficult to, um, gauge or manage. Uh, everyone's coming off a short week generally. And so it's like, you know, Makes it more interesting. But he had 18 last night, um, or 16 in normal point scoring leagues. I'm always in my I'm always in my home league where it's five point touchdown. I don't know when we made that rule, but I want to change it back. Change it back to four, or move it up to six six point touchdown league. Uh, but anyway, so let's jump into some week 15 starts and sets. I'm going to give you three players to start, three players to sit. We'll start with the sit, uh, starts, go with the sits. And there's actually a decision that I'm making this week. Um, that, you know, Hey, if it doesn't work out, you know, it hurt me too. Uh, especially in my most important home league where, um, for some reason I just can't win it. I, I don't, I don't know. I win two, three leagues a year and I just can't figure this one out. So we'll, 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 we'll move forward, but, uh, let's jump into starts and sits. Number one <clears throat> is Isaiah Pacheco at the Houston Texans. And I'll get to my decision later because this is one of the one of the people that are that's involved in my decision for my home league matchup, um, and I'll talk about that in a second. But so Isaiah Pacheco goes up against the Houston Texans, and <clears throat> as of late, you know we've seen uh, you know the 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 forty uh, the, not the forty nine the the Kansas City Chiefs backfield start to take a turn. They start to take you know a like a turn away from Clyde Edwards Alaire. And Clyde, you know, obviously came into the season and he started off with a torrid pace. 22, 15, 14, 22. He was getting, you know, for the most part, you know, 12 to 15 touches a game, uh, all of that stuff. And then things started to shift. And and I remember saying to people like his snap percentages are low. You know, at some point they're going to stop giving him the ball as much as they are on those snap percentages and his numbers are going to drop. And subsequently they dropped to you know, uh, six, three, nine, and then he got hurt against Tennessee in week nine, um, and hasn't played since, um, actually he did play week 10 and 11, but he got, he's hurt and he's on IR at this point. So, um, he has not played and that has left the backfield open for Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Now those two guys are really interesting. McKinnon had a big week last week, but I, I really don't want to, like he's a pass catching back and he does all that good stuff, but I don't want to buy into Pacheco this week because I think this game is going to be very game script dependent. Like I think, you know, Casey will get out to a very early lead. They'll be up on, on Houston by a, a large sum 
by the end of the second quarter going into the third quarter. Um, and I don't think Kansas City is going to play at a toward pace. And I, so that I, I just don't think like if this was a if this was a game against you know the Chargers where it was going to be a little bit closer interdivisional matchup something like that. I would be more like oh, inclined to be like okay you know start. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, there might be some pass catching opportunity for him out of that backfield, but there just isn't like, I don't think there's that in this game, even though he is the pass catcher, even though he is the guy and, and Pacheco has got pass catching work too. So let's not take that away from him. But, um, so McKinnon is not a guy I want to start this week, even though he had a good week last week and you probably picked him up off waivers. I just, I'm not fully interested in that. The guy I do want to start out of this backfield is Isaiah Pacheco. Like I said, a second ago. Um, <clears throat> preseason darling for people. Uh, I thought he was going to be uh, go the way of the Darwin Thompson hype um, that we had a few years ago um, before Clyde got drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. There was a young guy by the name of Darwin Thompson, and um, he was drafted in like the fifth, sixth round or whatever by Kansas City. And he kind of reminds me a little bit of Isaiah Pacheco where he's like a tough, gritty runner. Um, you know, decent pass catcher at the time. And everyone was hyping him up in camp because Andy Reid was giving him opportunity. And, you know, people were like, oh, we got to draft. We got to draft this guy. We got to draft this guy. We got to draft this guy. And then he came out and barely got any opportunity and uh, obviously not on the Chiefs anymore. So um, I kind of saw Isaiah Pacheco as that, as that player, but he's kind of carved himself a role and he's proved me wrong a little bit. Um, but he hasn't had the fantasy season. In, in our home league, somebody drafted him in like the eighth round and he just hasn't had the, um, you know, the explosive upside that people saw. Um, but he can change that in the fantasy playoffs. And the, the chances are somebody, whoever drafted him probably dropped him after he just wasn't a success early in the season, not scoring any fantasy points. He'd become just, you know, obviously droppable. But as he's carved himself out a role and become the starter, he's probably become a really good waiver wire pickup. And I picked him up in several of my leagues, leading to some decisions where I might start him this week. Um, because of the fact that he has as some good matchups. So getting into the details of this, um, Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, why I'm thinking about Lamar. Um, but Isaiah Pacheco had 12 against the Los Angeles Rams, who are a tough run defense. Uh, Cincinnati, who's also been tough against the run, he had 16. And then he had 12 against Denver. Um, and this is in PPR formats. Uh, the concern here for me is he's kind of getting, you know, when Clyde was the early season workhorse, He's kind of getting a similar role to that, where he was getting 45 to 50% of the opportunities, which works in the NFL, definitely works in the NFL, especially with Jared McKinnon out on downs, uh, passing downs. You know, you're going to see Pacheco get only 50% of the work. But this past week, you know, we've seen him get against easier matchups where they've been winning a lot of opportunity. Against the Rams, that team was winning by a lot, and they gave him 22 carries on the ground. Against Cincinnati, you know, it was a close game for them, only gave him 14 against Denver. It was actually relatively close for the most part, um, and they gave him 13 carries in that game. It was super efficient. Um, he's seen an increase in target share the last three weeks, so one target in Week 12, two targets in Week 13, and three targets in Week 14. So they're trying to get him more involved in the passing game, it looks like. And if this is a guy that gets like 15 to 16 touches on the ground and three to three to four, you know, catches through the air, that sets up a good base product for you for Isaiah Pacheco. Um, so he's had against three tougher matchups, 15, 16, and 12 fantasy points, finishing as an RB2 or higher in every single one of those games. Great news for people who have Isaiah Pacheco is he has Houston, 
he has Seattle and he has Denver in week 17. So we'll talk about that when we get there. But Houston and Seattle, the next two weeks, which are viable, 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 viable matchups for him to be started in. And seeing what he has done as the starting running back for this team against um, some more difficult opponents, um, you know, it's been good to see him do that. Now, he did have Jacksonville and Los Angeles when he started to get, um, you know, the lion's share of the carries for Kansas City. Obviously didn't score a rushing touchdown um, and had some some okay weeks. You know, what scares me is that Jacksonville game where he had 15, uh, what is it, uh, 56% of the snaps, only six fantasy points, didn't score a touchdown, but had an efficient day. So, in PPR leagues, he kind of does scare me a little bit because of the fact that there hasn't been pass-catching work. But if that trend of him getting pass-catching work is a change for him, then there's a base of three catches, two catches that he can add to you know to his totals. Um, you know, he punches it into the end zone for a touchdown. Obviously, that changes his whole week. You know, he might be a guy that gets 10 points without a touchdown and then gets 16. And if Pacheco does have a big week this week, then that would obviously change things. And to be honest with you, watching the games themselves and watching how he's been running, this guy is the closest thing to what Kareem Hunt was for this football team than they've had since Kareem Hunt. Um, and that it might be a hot take, but like he has been really good in that context. He's a gritty runner. If he figures out the pass catching portion of it, I mean, he'll be, he'll be an elite start. Um, you know, if that stuff happens, obviously, I don't know that it will. I think Kansas City will probably be in the in the market for running back, and they still got Clyde, and they still got, um, you know, Jarek McKinnon. So down the street, don't go dumping everything you have um, on Isaiah Pacheco. But anyway, um, it's been way too long, Isaiah Pacheco. But one more thing I wanted to say is that he is going up against um, the Houston Texans, who give up 27.4 fantasy points a game to the running back position. So even if Jarek McKinnon gets some of that, I think this should be a good day for Isaiah Pacheco to put up, you know, a 15, 16 point performance. So I would definitely roll him out and start him this week. Second guy on the starts list, probably already starting in most people's lineups, but it's Devonta Smith um, versus the uh, Chicago Bears. Um, Chicago actually hasn't been too horrible for the most part against the wide receiver position. Um, they've given up. Um, around 26.4 points to the wide receiver position. I think a lot of those points on average are going to go to, um, you know, A.J. Brown most likely. But Devonta Smith has been, you know, early in the season he had kind of a, a stretch of games where he was like all over the place, you know, four. This is his target share through the first um, nine weeks of the season. Four, seven, 12, four, 11, five, eight, two. So it's like, just he was either getting a massive target share or a sub-level target share in subsequent weeks. We've seen him get more consistent target share since week 10. So against Washington, Indianapolis, Green Bay, Tennessee, and the Giants, he's had 8, 9, 9, 8, 8 in terms of target share. In those games, he's put up uh, 13, 13, 9, 21, and 17. So obviously... I would imagine that he's probably already in your starting lineup, but Devonta Smith is a guy that I would roll with this week for Philly because he seems to be getting more consistent target share. And if you're getting nine, eight, nine targets a game, this guy should be started, especially against Washington, who's not really great against really anything to the, for the most part. Um, so I, I'm looking at I'm looking at Devonta Smith as a guy that you know I want to start this week um, against Chicago, and I think it would be a really good play for your fantasy lineups. Um, 
I guess for me, this is more of like a confirmation for you. If you're questioning starting Devonta Smith, if you're, you know, on sleeper and you see that orange matchup and you're like, Ooh, should I start Devonta Smith? And you're trying to make a decision there. I would start Devonta Smith this week with safety, you know, in the fantasy playoffs, you don't want to screw around. You just want that base floor fantasy points, you know, and obviously you want some big explosion performances and some risky plays. Um, but I don't think there's need to take a whole ton of risks, especially if you're projected to win in your fantasy matchup, you know, and Devonta Smith's one of those safer plays where you know he's going to get eight, nine targets. You know he's going to be in that vicinity. You know he's probably going to catch six passes for like 50 to 70 yards, and he's going to give you a 12 to 15 point performance. So, and, you know, there's also the occasional touchdown you can throw in there that will provide you a massive fantasy week. So I like Devonta Smith in this matchup against Chicago. If you're questioning starting him, just start him. Uh, number three is Jerry Duty versus Arizona. And we all know uh, if there were people fighting for their playoff lives last week um, to get into the playoffs and they needed a win to get in, basically um, their week one for the playoffs where they got to win, you know, probably four straight to win the title. If they had Jerry Judy starting, he had 33 points against Kansas City. Absolutely shredded, shredded the um, Kansas City defense. And when I look at when I look at Jerry Judy, I think two things. Cortland Sutton is most likely. I think he's done. I think he's out. Um, is the first thing. The other thing that I, makes me a little bit nervous is that um, Russell Wilson did get a concussion. I don't know where that's trending right now. He's questionable to play. Um, he's limited in practice on Thursday, so that's a really good sign for him. Um, obviously, that would make a, a probably a real difference on the Jerry Judy front. But, um, you know, the big thing for Jerry Judy is like, you know, I don't think he's going to get you 30 points again. Like, that probably won't happen. But what I think is going to happen is without Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy is now opened up. There's no one else to throw in, you know, there's no one else to throw um, to on the Denver Broncos team. I think this is actually going to be a close game because Denver sucks. Arizona is going to, you know, with Colt McCoy going to probably, you know, maybe put up at least some points. Uh, um, you know, it's a tough defense for Colt, Colt McCoy, so maybe not. But Denver's so bad that it's like they could just completely collapse. Um, but they had a really good game last week offensively. It was, I would say, their best game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think going up against Arizona this week, who has been pretty unsuccessful against the pass um, on the season and has given up a lot of fantasy points through the year to quarterbacks, somebody's got to get those fantasy points if they put up numbers against the quarterback position. Arizona, you know, ranks the seventh easiest matchup against quarterbacks, 20 fantasy points a game. So, like, you look at this game for Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson's in it. If Russell Wilson's getting 20 points this week or somewhere around that, I would say sub-20, but if he's getting somewhere around that, you would imagine that, you know, a lot of the fantasy points that you're talking about for Jerry Judy got to come from there. Arizona gives up 26.9 fantasy points a game. So they're in the lower half of the league. They're a little bit tougher of a matchup. But to me, it's like, who are they throwing the ball to? That's the real question. You know, Greg Dolchich and Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy, you know, he's going to get 9, 10 targets in this game. And there's a chance that he scores 15, 16 points. So this is another one of those, like, safer plays I like you know, that you can roll out in your fantasy matchups. And if you're questioning it, I would be like, yeah, sure. Let's go with Jerry Judy. Um, saddle him up, get him in your lineups and be okay with it. Um, Cause I think he'll have a good week. I think there might be a chance for, you know, a situation where um, he could be going South and he needs a touchdown to save the week. Um, 
that could happen. But like I said, there's no one else in this receiving core that is going to provide you with opportunities. And like, like I said, Sutton, um, with Sutton being questionable for this game, if he doesn't, uh, he was out of practice on Thursday. If he's out of this game, that makes Jerry Judy a wonderful play. Um, and so I would play him against Arizona. Easier matchup. Obviously, watch out for Ross, see if he's playing, but and see if Cortland Sutton's playing. But I like Jerry Judy versus Arizona. Um, and I hope that breakout game, by the way, 33 points, I hope that leads to something more with Jerry Judy because he's a really good player, really talented. He's gotten a lot of he's gotten some bad rap for uh, his inconsistency. So I'm really excited to see where he goes. But um, anyway, let's move on to the sits for the week. Discuss those really quickly, and then we will break into um, week fifteen. We'll we'll start taking a bike out bite out of week fifteen this week. I mean, uh, wait, I can't remember when I. I think I released this podcast on Friday, so I uh, will take a bite out of week fifteen tomorrow on Saturday uh, for some Saturday games. But anyway, um, number one on the sit list, and this one's tougher, but it's Marquise Hollywood Brown at Denver. This one should be relatively easy for a lot of people. Um, a Denver has given up the least amount of points to the wide receiver position with 21.1 fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Um, you know, obviously there's Hopkins in that receiving core. There's Marquise Hollywood Brown in the receiving core. Brown has been, you know, inconsistent at best. Some people have started him. Some people have sat him, but, um, he's been, you know, he's had some good games and some bad games this year since, um, you know, Hollywood and, um, um, DeAndre Hopkins have been back. It's been 10 and seven points for Hollywood Brown. And so he hasn't been awful with, with, uh, DeAndre Hopkins back, but he had seven points last week against, against new England. Denver, I think has a better secondary than the new England Patriots. And I think the biggest thing for Marquise Hollywood Brown, that is an issue is that Kyler Murray in that football game against the new England Patriots tore his ACL and on Monday night and it led to Hollywood Brown being in a really difficult position um now with quarterback Colt McCoy. This is I feel the same way for DeAndre Hopkins, but I think Hopkins will still get targeted. So he provides a decent base floor, a little bit more scary, but Hollywood was one of those guys that was teetering in the starting lineup, out of the starting lineup, in the starting lineup, out of the starting lineup. So it's tough for me to get him in this matchup. And it's like it's against a tough, you know, against a tough defense when it comes to wide receivers scoring fantasy points. You don't have your starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, and you're the number two wide receiver on the team with a team that's probably going to run the ball a lot with James Conner to try to, you know, control the pace of the game and not put Colt McCoy in situations where he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I mean, it's just it's just as simple as that. So for me, I think this should this is a definite like in all my leagues I'm looking at for Marquise Hollywood Brown. Like I am sitting Brown this week. And I don't think I'm playing him the next two. Like if things go well for Colt McCoy going into week 17 and you have him, maybe against Atlanta it's okay. But um, you know, without Kyler Murray being the second wide receiver and playing the Denver Broncos is just a recipe for disaster. I think Hollywood is going to be a guy that, you know, he's a field stretcher too. You know, Hopkins is a slot receiver and he plays outside as well. He plays all over the field. So they're going to put, you know, Hopkins in positions to get the ball. You know, Hollywood runs really fast straight. So uh, I don't think they're going to be taking down the field shots. And I don't think this is going to be a game. You know, you see, uh, you know, for Marquise Brown in the game against New England, he had eight targets, four catches. 
he might still get 78 targets, but I don't think he's going to do uh, much more than that. Um, and I think he's going to be inconsistent when it comes to what he gets through the air. I don't think he scores a touchdown. He only has two on the year or three on the year. So I, like, I don't think the touchdown comes in this game against the Denver Broncos. Um, so I would sit Marquise Brown at Denver this week. Um, this is where the decision I was talking about comes into play for me. Travis Etienne versus Dallas. This makes me, this makes me a little nauseous, this decision. And ETN at the early part of the season was slow going, you know, eight, eight, 10, three. And then James Robinson fell off. They actually traded him at the trade deadline. And since then, like ETN's performances have been 14, 12, 18, 22. This is in PPR leagues, 26, 10. And then he went into the bye week and, and it, just some great performances over that stretch of time. He was a top 10 running back in fantasy football. Goes into the bye week, comes out against Baltimore, tough run defense, Detroit, who's been a tough run defense this year, and Tennessee, who's been a tough run defense this year, gets .3 points on 8% of the snaps against Baltimore. Not his fault. He got hurt in the game, and they pulled him out. Uh, against Den- against Detroit, he had 88% of the snaps, so he came back fully healthy, scored 7.6 points. This past week, he's had 75% of the snaps and only had 3.2 fantasy points. He's going up against Dallas this week in a tough matchup, and it's just been proof positive that for whatever reason, the last couple weeks, they have not been getting the ball to Travis Etienne through the air. And I don't know if that's going to change this week. It might, but there's just not a lot of upside here for Travis Etienne in this game. And he makes me so nervous going into this week um, against Dallas that I've come to a point where I'm sitting him in all my leagues, you know, Dallas, just to give you the numbers, um, just to give you the numbers has given up, um, to the running back position, 16.7 points per game. And so it's like, you know, there could be a good game here for Travis Etienne where he comes out and he, you know, participates well. But the only, like, like since week five where he became the full-time starter for the most part, he hasn't had a tough game. Denver, I would say, is t- was his toughest game. He had 25 points against them. Um, but against these three like super tough matchups, Baltimore, Detroit, Tennessee, he has struggled. He hasn't had success running the football. And this week against Dallas, it just makes it tougher. I know there's going to be situations where you're going to have to start him. Like right now, I think uh, the R- the ECR is about RB17 or RB16 for him. So like I wouldn't start him over you know guys that are in the RB20s because they have a good matchup. I would still start him over them. But like I have guys like Pacheco ranked higher than Travis Etienne. So that was the situation that I was talking about with Pacheco and ETN is that I've had Pacheco on my fantasy team since like week 10, picked him up off the waiver wire or something like that. And this, I was never really considering starting him. ETN was always my running back too. And I don't, I, you know, this week I finally came to a, it came to a head for me where like I needed a big win this week. ETN got me three points. It hadn't hurt me in the past, but at this point it really killed me. Um, didn't get a bye week this week specifically because of that. So Travis Etienne uh, is coming out of my lineups versus Dallas. There might be a situation against the Jets and against Houston where I'm like, okay, I'm going to roll him out. I'm going to get him out there. And it actually works out for me uh, when you talk about having Isaiah Pacheco because I could start Pacheco against Seattle next week and then start Travis Etienne and bench Pacheco. So it could go either way. But for me with Travis Etienne versus Dallas, it's a tough matchup. Houston for Pacheco, much easier matchup. I'm going with Pacheco over ETN this week. 
and I'm going to, you know, close my eyes and hope for the best. And this will probably be the week that Travis Etienne does really good. But I just think against these tough matchups, he's really struggled. Um, against Dallas, they're going to have to pass. And so the script is not really going to be positive for Travis Etienne. And, and because of that, um, you know, I think you should sit him this week and just bite the bullet. Um, I got to be fair because I love my guys. Etienne's one of my guys, but I got to pull him out of my lineup. So that's the decision I'm making. That is the ship that crashes and burns with me. If I end up uh, losing out on this decision, I crash and burn with you. Final guy on the sits list is Gabe Davis versus the Miami Dolphins. Um, Gabe Davis, interesting player this year. He was a darling, a fantasy darling early in the, uh, the off season and going through draft season and all that stuff. And, He's, he's been terrible this year. He's been really bad. There's been some really good games for him, but um, really since week six after the bye week, he really hasn't put up much fantasy numbers besides the week 10 matchup against Minnesota. He's been disappointing. He's a touchdown dependent kind of wide receiver where it's like if he scores a touchdown, he has a big week. You, know, you look at his touchdown games, um, you know, 18 points, 32 points, 16 points, uh, 21 points and nine points. The game, the weeks that he doesn't have a touchdown, 6, 2, 5, 5, 11, 7, 6. So it's like he catches a touchdown, you're good to go. He doesn't catch a touchdown, you're not good to go. This is the this is the 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 Buffalo Bills. This is gonna be a really good game. So it's tougher for me to stay say sit Gabe Davis in this game, but Miami is a good pass defense this year. Um they've improved on the weeks. On the season, they've given up, you know, um, 27.6 fantasy points a game to the wide receiver position. So it's like kind of middling, but they've gotten some players back defensively. The, the defense have, has been improving. And, and you know, uh, Miami gave Buffalo a tough time the last time they played. Obviously, Buffalo is going to try to get out there. But the big thing for me is that Gabe Davis is a touchdown-dependent player. So do we expect Gabe Davis to score a touchdown? You know, and against a tough matchup, I really just don't see Gabe Davis doing that you know and I think he may score some fantasy points but his target share is just not going to be there they I don't know if they're going to play Cole Beasley this week I would imagine not but if they do he's going to come in and I just think that all of this hype about him being the number two wide receiver and all that stuff he is that but they're going to try to get Diggs the ball and who knows maybe get you know they double cover Diggs and they try to stop him in the game Miami and you know Gabe Davis get some opportunities but I just don't like it this week. And I think when you're in the when you're in the fantasy playoffs, like if you need a boom play and you're playing the toughest team in the league, you know, maybe Gabe Davis can you can roll him out and be okay with it. But I just don't like Gabe Davis this week against Miami. And it's like if he doesn't score a touchdown, I mean you're absolutely screwed. Like you don't have any hope. So if there's other guys available, like I would start Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith over Gabe Davis. I would also in a flex spot start Isaiah Pacheco over Gabe Davis. So there's a lot of guys I would start over Gabe Davis, but He's got to sit down this week. And I know it's tough. He's a Buffalo Bill. The Bills want to win this football game against Miami to kind of solidify the division at this point. So it's like this might be a high-scoring game and, and all of that stuff. Don't start Gabe Davis. Stay away from it. Dawson Knox has been on the up. Um, you know, he's been getting the red zone opportunities. Uh, and so Gabe Davis, struggle bust for him. I don't like him this week. Sit him. Um, with that being said, those are your starts and sits for the week. That is the episodes for the week. Hopefully you make it to the next round in your fantasy playoffs and your fantasy matchups and uh, and you can get to your fantasy champions next week. We got the semifinals before the fantasy championship, so be sure to check out our, our podcast then. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. See you later, guys.
Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at TheFFChamps.